You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. The following is a repeat broadcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Please do not phone in with your questions. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far, he'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Big Al, hit it! <laughs> what I a great it? day it is outside. It is beautiful outside, a little bit chilly. Yep. I saw people line. I can't believe people are still lining up to get their winter tires on. Hello? Yeah. What month is it? Uh, it'll be March soon. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking exactly what I'm thinking. Well, so hang on. In their brain now, they're going to have them on for January, February, and then it's spring. It's exactly right. Why bother? <laughs> well, everybody, get it going. And joining us in the studio today is Terry O'Keefe from Omvi. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, guys. And if you're calling in and if you've got a car problem, like buying a car, selling a car, uh, you bought a car with a lien, the dealer has a lien. A good story, a bad story, perhaps. Yeah, whatever. A sad story. And if you've got car problems, you can call in also because we have an expert mechanic. Here, Dave Redinger. No, I mean Alan. <laughs> <laughs> well, between the two of us, we got a million, million years. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of years, a lot of years experience, and not all of it is good. Anyways, and Trevor is going to be calling in from Crown. Did you ever crank a car? Uh, like yes, with, once with, I with did. a hand crank. Yeah, I'll tell you a story when we come back. Oh, cool! It's Dave's Corner Garage, and this is Dave's Corner Garage. Welcome back. I'm Dave Redinger with Alan Gilman and Terry O'Keefe from. Uh, Omvic. So if you've got a question about Omvic, buying a car from a dealership that you should be buying or not buying, uh, here's the guy who's going to answer all your questions. Exactly. Uh, just quickly, yes, I did work on a Model T Ford in my career. We were talking about the uh, crank in that yeah. sucker, eh? So the crank, you had to put your thumb a certain way so you wouldn't whack it or break it when the thing backfired. Okay, Okay. so the handle could come backwards and it would break your thumb. Break your thumb. You put the retard the timing, advance the throttle, snork it over it a few times, and then give it a <laughs> whoop. And really? And what, then, did, what did you do? Snork it oh, over. Snork it over. Snork it over. <laughs> and today, all you got to do is press the button. Not even. I just got to press the button on the phone. On the phone. <laughs> and it'll start my car. Well, you know what? That's that. There's good news and bad news to that, and we'll get to that story a little bit later. <laughs> We've got Terry O'Keefe in the studio. Yeah. And we were talking about you have a big deal going on in Ottawa. You closed a curbsider who was purporting to be a dealer. Yeah. We had uh, just recently, we've charged uh, this, this curbsider. It's actually three individuals and a 
marijuana business uh, for selling 79 vehicles. That's what's in the, the charges allege. Wow. Now, you know, but except that, you know, when you call it a curbsider, you're, you're thinking of it as just one guy meeting him at a donut shop. But you're talking about an establishment. Exactly. Like what looks like a dealer, has a flashing sign <laughs> like a dealer. But no license. That's exactly right. And we're seeing more of this. I mean, wow. most of the curbsiders still are out there trying to sell vehicles as if they're a private seller. They're selling their own personal vehicle. But we're seeing more and more they're operating from small automotive business, automotive-related businesses, often repair shops. Mm-hmm. But now we've got this, this one in Ottawa that, for all intents and purposes, it, it looks like a dealership. Wow. So how, how would a consumer know? You know, you, you're driving down the street, and uh, they got the, the blow-up guy there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they got the signs, they got the balloons, and and it looks like a dealer, and they're offering free coffees. And well, I know one thing: they usually have a sticker in the door that says. Uh, well, there 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 is the decal on the door, but yeah. probably the two best ways to check mm-hmm. is to first ask to see their OMVIC license. Okay. A lot of people don't realize that dealers and salespeople yep. have to be licensed in this province. They have to be licensed by OMVIC, and they have to present their license and show it to anyone who asks to see it. So ask to see their OMVIC license. If they okay. can't show it to you, run, and please call us and report them. <laughs> and, of course, the other thing you can do is go on OMVIC's website, omvic.ca. Yep. In the top right corner of every web page, you can search for a dealer or a salesperson there. Mm-hmm. You can type in their name. You can type in the address. There's different ways to do it, and it'll tell you if that person or that business is registered. It'll even give you a little bit of history. It'll tell you if they've ever been disciplined or charged or if there's ever been a proposal issued against them. Some really good information there. It's fascinating information because I've looked at some dealerships which I thought were above board, and I start reading their history, and I'm going, wow. And they had two <laughs> of the blow-up guys. You know, <laughs> Listen, we got a question for uh, Terry. He, this gentleman is buying a lease vehicle. Go ahead. Uh, Edmund? Hi, good morning, sir. Yes, uh, a 2014 Camry with 100,000 ticks. The thing I want to know is the MTO uh, $20 seller's package covers the lien, but I want to find out if it's leased or if it's... Owned. from if, if it's on a lease, can I still buy it from him or do I have to go and check at the leasing company? Oh, good That's question. a very, very good question, Edmund. If, if this is a leased vehicle, he, the, the, the person who has leased it does not own that vehicle. It's owned by the leasing company. Uh, so be very careful about entering into a, into a, some kind of a agreement to purchase this vehicle. You want to make sure that you involve the dealership or the leasing company where this person has leased the car because they don't own it. Right. So you could end up in a situation where, you know, you've given the guy a certified check and you've got the car and, uh, you know, it doesn't happen because there's a big lien on the car. Now, the, yeah. How new a car is this or how old a car is this? 2014. So you can get all these records of uh, if it's ever had an accident. So you get a car proof to make sure that it has actual uh, good history to it, right? Right. Or, or if it has a bad history, that reflects the price because when you're going to sell that thing, it's going to reflect the price when you want to sell it. Uh, you can also, what's he already mentioned, the UVIP package, right? Yeah, private sellers in the province of Ontario have to provide a UVIP, a used vehicle information package. And Edmund's quite right. It tells you if there's a lien registered against the car in Ontario. Yeah. And it will tell you all the previous owners in Ontario and also some historical odometer uh, readings. So it right. helps you spot a, a rolled back odometer. So uh, on the ownership for that vehicle. Uh, monthly payments on it, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the, well, the UVIP is probably going to show that the that the person who has leased it is not the owner. Yeah. And they, you know, you want to make sure that you involve the leasing company before you buy this car. So because you're going to turn over money to them. He has to turn that money over to the leasing company. Don't take that chance. Get the leasing company involved and, and make sure you're involved in that, that buyout. And one more thing, Edmund. It'll also tell you what your taxes obligations are. All right. All right. Thanks for calling in with that and have yourself so, a good holiday season. Yep. You know what they say, buy in haste, repent in leisure. You know, and it, it just <laughs> it happens. I mean, that's what we always hear is that, well, if you buy privately, look how much money you can save. You don't. But in this case... Look how much extra money you're going to be putting out. Yeah, there's a lot of risk involved in buying privately, and you have to be really educated yep. if that's the route you choose to go. Yep. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. we got Terry O'Keefe in here from Monvick. And we're back with John right after this. We're going to be talking about buying a used vehicle that ended up with issues. Uh-oh. We'll be right back. All right, I never wear a yellow suit. I mean, red suit. <laughs> Speaking um, of Prestone, do you want to do that now? No. Uh, okay. The, near the end of the show, we're going right. to announce the winner, because we picked one. Yes. Uh, for the neon sign. It's a and, beautiful sign. Uh, yeah, we were going to put it in the bedroom, but the wife decided it's better in the washroom. Could you get a second <laughs> one? Uh, I never asked, <laughs> but I will. I, I use it for my man's cave. Anyways, we have a gentleman on the phone uh, by the name of John, and he's calling in, talking about a used car he bought. John, go ahead. Tell us your story. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm calling about a safety certificate uh, question. Mm-hmm. I purchased a used uh, 2009 Chevy Malibu in September 2016, and uh, a couple of weeks later, I noticed when I was uh, driving that I had to turn my steering wheel approximately uh, 25 degrees to the right to keep my uh, front wheel straight. Okay. Uh, I went back to the uh, UCDA uh, Used Car Dealer Association. Uh, outfit and they said that this is my problem because uh, the car when it's safety you get the certificate it's only all the safety items are only good for that day they said after that there's no 30-day warranty on it like say your brakes you're absolutely uh, right uh, wipers uh, turn signals etc I was not happy with that I and I I went to the mechanic that certified that vehicle and uh, he said he replaced a tie rod, uh-huh. and uh, I said, well, normally, don't you do a front-end alignment? He said, yeah, I, do, I didn't have the equipment to do that. And then he said, I said, well, <clears throat> did you inform the dealer I bought the car off? And he said, no, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I wrote a letter to the Ministry of Transportation and copy to UCDA. Uh, Ministry of Transportation tended to agree there's no warranty on a vehicle. Correct. So in essence... Uh, no sympathy, no regard from MOT mm. or UCDA. And my point is, I, I, I'm very disappointed there's no warranty on these uh, items. Well, actually, right on the actual uh, safety inspection, which we write at our shop all the time, it says in bold red print that, that this is not a warranty. And as you said yourself, it only meant that the, meal, the vehicle meant minimum requirement on the day of inspection. Terry, no. you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, that's exactly what a safety standard certificate is. It's, it's an indication that the vehicle met certain, certain, not all, certain basic standards of safety on the date of inspection. And minimum, and, minimum. And there's con, there's um, confusion because this consumers see that the safety standard certificate is good for 36 days, and that to many implies that there's some 36-day warranty. Yeah. Exactly. warranty or something. And actually what it means is that the certificate can be used for 36 days to transfer mm. the uh, ownership of a vehicle. Now, having said that, John, I'm really sorry to hear that you know, this, you've had this issue with it. I'm just curious, what did the dealer say to you when you took the car back? 
They said, that's my problem. And how long after you bought the car did they say that? That was uh, like two to three weeks. See, I'm surprised that the mechanic that serviced the car didn't offer to help you here because he obviously right. wants your business. I, I, if it was, my, it was my shop, first off, we would have done it. But secondly, having seen this wholesale, what's an alignment wholesale? 80 bucks? Well, I mean, it's, we it's, it's an hour's labor for the most part, right. you know. But, so, but you know, it, but from the garage's perspective, just so you understand it, I mean, everybody's in it to make a buck. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, the used car dealer, when he gets this car certified, he doesn't want to spend any money because it's going to cut into his profit. And and at the end of the day, it's not the, the dealer's responsibility, or especially if it's a, a curbsider, it's not his responsibility. It's the responsibility of the mechanic who checked it. He's the only one whose yeah. license is on the line. However... There's, there's nothing in the books that says the mechanic does have to fix it. There's nothing to force him back to do it. And, um, and, and keep in mind, that just one thing, too, though. When it comes to alignment, um, just so you know, if you bought a brand-new car um, and two weeks later you go back to the dealer because the steering's crooked, there's not going to be any warranty on that because uh, it, all it takes is you to hit one pothole or one curb the very first day of having the car, and it's going to knock the alignment out. So this is where there could be some confusion as well. A couple of uh, latter points here. Uh -huh. My feeling is if the mechanic uh, is a human and makes an error and misses something, then the customer buying a car, he gets a safety and he discovers the tire doesn't have enough tread or something. Mm -hmm. Like there's got to be better warrant. To me, there's got to be a warranty on these safety items because people can get up, get get killed. You know. No question about it, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, the garage can be charged for passing a vehicle that shouldn't have passed, uh, but you've got to bring that to the Ministry of Transportation's, you know, attention immediately. It's very hard to do because there's very few inspectors around anymore. And, and John, have you, have you put your concerns in writing to the dealership? Because ultimately yeah. it was the dealer who hired that mechanic to do it. You didn't hire that mechanic. That's right. Yeah, I've done that. And? Gentlemen, in the vein of Christmas time, I wonder, could you put my name in the draw for a new Chevy Volt? We'll do our best. <laughs> sure, we'd be happy to. All right, John, it's Thank John you. in Oshawa. Let me get the spelling of that. It's J-O-H-N. Okay, and we got your phone number. If you win, John, guaranteed we will phone you. Better than a light bulb. Thank you. Thank All right, you so take much. care. Okay, yeah, but that's absolutely true. The shop, I think, you know, could have gained the customer. Now he's got an enemy. And when they say an unhappy guy... Tells everybody. Exactly. Right? So that's a, an interesting case. So remember, uh, we're going to be giving away that neon sign near the end of the show, so make sure you're there with us. Trevor Hutchison from Crown is going to call in right now. We're going to say hi. I know they're busy as heck because um, trying to get an appointment down there is Exactly. Really just like putting winter tires on, getting yeah. your cars sprayed <laughs> is just about at the end of that yeah. list. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about that, and we're going to come back with Terry with some interesting questions about stolen cars coming wow. out into the auto market. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after this break. Okay, welcome back. You know, I mentioned um, that uh, there's a new trend in town where... A new trend in town. Yes, instead of when you, know, when you like get married... It's like an Eagles song. When you Ooh, get married, yes. women don't change their name. Now the men change their name. So the guy mentions this. I watch it on television. He says his name used to be Jason. But and since now got, it's a-hole. No, no. <laughs> since he got married, it's Jason. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> My friends call me Jim, but the wife calls me James. Right. James, I'm talking to you. Jeremy. <laughs> All right, let's move up about 100 years of technology here. Earlier in the show, we were talking about hand-cranking yes. uh, T uh, Model T Ford, and now they've got 
devices, of course, because, you know, everything's electronics in the car. Yeah. All you have to do is press a button. You don't even have to turn the key anymore. But uh, the security, we, we all think it's great, but there's all these people out there, white hats and black hats, I think they call them, people who take pleasure in trying to figure out how to break into this technology, and we've got some problems, apparently. Yeah, there's a new machine out uh, amongst the uh, unwashed yes. that actually listens to your car when it broadcasts looking for your key fob. Mm -hmm. It records that broadcast and keeps a record of it. So the next time that car is out there, it beep, beep, beeps to the car. Car opens up, push the button, drive away. So instead of the mechanical, you know, you, before you had a key with a the code, door and everything else. now you've got just this electronic signal that goes yep. out. You've got a device that can decipher exactly what that is, and it can repeat it. That's and right. And then you end up with a stolen car, and you end up with, uh, well, it looks totally normal because nobody's physically had to and break there's, a there's window. There's no or, steering lock. Right. Now, Terry, you see a lot of stolen cars. Yeah, but the new cars with this type of technology in it, a lot of these cars are heading overseas. Yeah. This is organized crime. These are organized crime rings, and they're they're stealing these cars, and they're straight to a port into containers and shipped overseas. They just busted one in Vaughan. Uh, all high-end cars, Audis and Cadillacs and, uh, you know, really high-end stuff. I saw Honda in there, though, but that wasn't as good. But why do they have to <laughs> ship them out rather than just sell them locally? It, it's a, There's a very good chance that they're going to be found here. Ah, it's, uh, okay. And... and that's going to come back to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really is just about, I mean, they're doing everything they can to, to maximize their, their profits, profit, yeah. right? And, uh, and, and avoid getting caught. And uh, so okay. that's what they're doing. So I've come to a used car lot, registered used mm -hmm. car lot, and I bought a, this car, and it turns out to be stolen. What happens to and it? And it, do, it does happen very rarely, but it does happen. That consumer is completely protected. The dealer is going to have to make it right. The dealer, you know, the act requires dealers to, to sell vehicles without a lien on them. The Sale of Goods Act requires uh, that the, the purchaser receive what's called quiet possession. And it yes. just means no one's going to come and repossess the car because it's got a lien and the police aren't going to show up and take it because it's stolen. So that dealer is going to have to make the consumer whole, either give them another vehicle that, that, that makes the consumer happy or return their money. If the dealership is gone, let's say that dealership is now out of business, that consumer would be able to file a claim with the Motor Vehicle Dealers Compensation Fund. Because they bought from a registered dealer, those protections are in place. But if you bought a car privately, and we actually just had a, there's a, a curbsider investigation. I can't go into too much detail. Curbsider investigation going on here in Toronto right now with used vehicles, mm -hmm. uh, or sorry, with stolen vehicles. If you buy a car from that curbsider or from a, a, a what appears to be a private seller, yeah. and it turns out to be stolen, or it's got a lien on it, and it gets repossessed or taken by the police, you're on your own. OMVIC can't help, and you can't file a claim with the compensation fund if or, you've bought or your privately. insurance company. That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. No, you you really are. It, it's it's a big risk. It really sure. is. And, and worst case, you could be held responsible for possessing stolen goods. Probably right. Yeah. There you go. Without knowledge. So the dealer's now on the hook, but the dealer could probably file a claim with his insurance company. Yes, and the dealer obviously has gotten that car from someone else, and they're yes. going to have recourse to go back if they bought it from another dealer or from a wholesaler or something. They would have recourse there. Yeah. Now there is something which we don't ever always talk about, but it's called revinning. And revinning is they find another vehicle, buy it legitimately, and then transfer all those numbers to the one they stole. 
So it can be in an Ontario, and it would be a revent car. I've seen I've seen revent vehicles. Absolutely, and that's why well, people might own a vehicle for one or two years before the police knock on their door and yeah. tell them, you know, we we think your car is is stolen yeah. and it has been revent. Sometimes they'll take a VIN from a vehicle down in the U.S., same model, same everything, and they'll create phony plates, put that on the car and sell it here. Or sometimes they'll get a VIN off a vehicle that has been uh, written off mm-hmm. and put it on a, a Actually, stolen vehicle. Now, yes, that, that car now has a salvage title, but it can still be sold. Yeah. I used to, well, I still do. I do uh, for insurance claims. I, think so. I work for the defendants. And uh, we went to see some vehicle at a wrecker, and the guy says, no, it was uh, sold. And how you sell it was only half the car. But the idea... <laughs> well, to the guy who owns the other half of the car. <laughs> well, there'll be two of these cars on the road. I've inspected those cars before. <laughs> right? And, but they also manufacturers put VINs in places you don't think they would normally put them. They're inside the chassis. They're under the seats. There's places where they stick VINs. So there is another way they can identify the vehicle other than that plate on the dash. That's right. And, and uh, one of Omvik's uh, investigators is actually probably the preeminent expert at this type of thing, and he actually teaches a course to uh, police forces across the country to look, to look on, on where to find this information. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's a, it's a business where there's big amounts of money, lots of action, the cars are moving all the time. So it's really, you get your work cut out for you. Exactly, and if you buy privately, though, you could get a car where the VIN is where the sun don't shine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've had them where you just, they're just taped in. <laughs> but there you go. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to try and get a hold of Trevor. He didn't answer his phone while we were talking. He's busy. He's under a car. He'll be there in a couple minutes. He's probably spraying something. And when we come back, we'll talk about that and some other stuff that's interesting. Uh, where are we? We're at Dave's Corner Garage. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> hey, two up at the pumps. Dave, grab out there. They don't do that anymore. No, they don't, eh? I wish they did. Remember you pull up the pumps, the bell ring, and the guy come running up? I was actually at a, at a little Esso station north of the Sioux this summer, and they did that. Wow. You know why? We were trained to go and find work on the car. I like your car, but your fan belt needs to be changed. You better get it in the shop. All right. Speaking <laughs> of getting there somewhere, we got to get out of here because the music is playing. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back after the ding, 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 ding. Oh, we're back on Hey, we're back on air, Dave. <laughs> I got to tell you, show you something. My phone has gone crazy lately. It really has because I don't know what happened, but I Siri dropped. has a twin sister. Well, <laughs> so what I use is I use my phone to um, for alarm in the morning, right? So let me just show you this. Set alarm for 7.30 tomorrow morning. Okay, it's on. Okay, I turned it on. Okay, I turned it on. Okay, I turned it on. It's on. Okay, your 7.30 a.m. alarm is on. Okay, I turned it on. <laughs> what can go wrong? What can go wrong? What can go wrong? So with all these autonomous cars, can you imagine what you got? Okay, I made a left turn. Okay. You just keep going in a circle. Exactly. We're here. Install those in, in a NASCAR. So keep turning some... left. <laughs> You have arrived at your destination. Yeah, we haven't left yet. Uh, Trevor's on the phone from Crown. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, David. How are you doing? Uh, I'm bo- uh, it's boring. Nothing. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're uh, good. So I was on your site yesterday, and I saw this coupon that you were giving away stuff. Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's almost the end of the season. It's December. It seems like a good idea to start giving some stuff away. The end of the season? 
<laughs> well, you, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, Alan. November is traditionally the busiest month of our year. Yeah. Right. Uh, the second busiest month, depending on weather, is December. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once we've got this skip of snow, so uh, September, September was a good month. October was busy, but November was crazy. Wow. And, you know, we're still, we're still busy now. Matter of fact, a lot of our shops... If you called in, we're still booked up a couple of weeks in advance in a lot of areas. Exactly. And a lot of times people are concerned, you know, they don't know if they should go in if the car is wet or dirty. But, but you guys take any kind of condition, correct? That, that's right. I mean, if, if a vehicle's really, really dirty underneath, then we'll clean it before it's done. And, and in some cases, there's a charge for it if it's really dirty. In other cases, it's a matter of just getting getting the slush off it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's just when it's raining and that, the way the product's designed to be applied is it actually displaces the moisture. So wetness isn't a problem at all. And then the beauty is, of course, is that once the car is done and back down on the ground, you guys wash it, and now you're doing this quick wax. So you got pretty, you're pretty much getting a free detailing yeah, whenever yeah. you go in. Yeah, well, well, you know, that that's a very important aspect in, in our customer service, Alan, is because, like, we have windows in our shops because we want people to be educated on the process we're doing. Mm-hmm. But for most people, when they get back in their car, they're going to see a mirror hanger there. But it's the cleanliness of it that leaves the biggest impression on them. And mm-hmm. that's why it's really important for us to do that. Uh, I was at a dinner last night and one of the gals said, just on her own, I've got to get the car crowned. I do it every other year. That's not the right idea, is it? Well, it, it, it's not the right idea from a maintenance point of view. It's like, you know, saying that I would, well, I'm going to, you know, skip oil changes. Mm. Um, you know, could you get away with it? Well, I guess you could. Is it the best maintenance practice? Is it you know, we've got something that's a, a fairly expensive piece of, uh, you know, essential equipment to us that we drive every day. You know, good maintenance is really very cost effective. And when you break it down over the life of the vehicle, it's it's really very inexpensive maintenance to do. Exactly. You know, we were talking technology earlier and, and, and the crown. You know, there's so many so much electronics, you know, down at the wheel area. Yeah, And, and exactly this is where right. the crown goes in. And protects those connectors, keeps them the salt and water out, and keeps that car working good. You know, I was just reading an article the other day where they're saying the average car is spending fifteen thousand dollars a year, sorry, in a ten-year period for maintenance and repairs. Yep. Uh, if you do this, it's going to cut out cut that. It's going to cut that back. So it's exactly. actually free. You're going to get the stuff yep. for nothing. <laughs> It'll pay for itself. Yep. And you know what we should do is we we've got to give away to one of your listeners a, a free application today. You want to do that? we got to do that. Let's do that. Too bad you should have told me before. I'm going to save it for next week. (laughs) I I saw a red CRV in the parking lot that needs to get sprayed. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Trevor, thanks very much. Have yourself a good weekend and a great holiday coming up. Yep. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. And it's crown.com with a K or daviscornergarage.com. Click on the site and uh, (laughs) we're all set to go. And Dave is with a D, With a D, yeah. Starts with a D. Okay. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, we got we got Joe up in the next he, next session. And we're going to announce the winner. We'll announce the winner to the neon sign. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Lots of exciting stuff right after this break. Welcome back. Okay, a couple of things before we get to Terry. One, uh, the auto show's coming up to town. We're coming yeah, into town. In February. 17th of February. We're going to be down there with a town hall. Just want to tell you right now, uh, Terry's going to be there. Uh, to February the 20th, which is family day. Mm-hmm. 
the biggest day. We're going to be doing at 1 o'clock, probably till 2, 2.30. We're giving away a lot of swag. Yeah. So come and see us. We'll be at the top of the escalator. Uh, secondly, the winner of the neon sign from Prestone uh, is Doug Andrews. Doug Andrews. We had one guy that entered 14 times, but only gets one click. <laughs> the computer throws you out. So you can add, Doug Andrews actually was a caller to, in the show a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, that had nothing to do with the computer selection. But anyways, so congratulations, Doug. I'd like to see that in your bedroom. Your wife will really be happy. Um, <laughs> you know, Dave, we're going to talk about something next. And, and my wife had to tell me about this. I mean, I never knew... You know, she asked me about a return policy. Yeah. Okay. So I know most women return the stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My sister, she goes and buys stuff. My brother-in-law calls it an asset relocation service. <laughs> so she buys it at one place and doesn't like it and takes it back to the same store but at a different location. So she changes the asset. She's an asset relocation service. All but, right. So, so now let, let's, let's equate this now to the in car the case business. of you're buying a car. Okay. This is at the final part of the contract that says sales final. Please review the entire contract, mm-hmm. including all attached statements, before signing. This contract is final and binding. Once you've signed it, unless the motor vehicle dealer has failed to comply with certain obligations, this sucker is yours. Right? <laughs> so that's real? That's true? Well, other than the this sucker is yours part, <laughs> uh, that language has to be on every contract by law. Ah. There is so much... Uh, uh, misinformation, uh, and, and this topic is so misunderstood. Consumers know about you know the cooling off period when door to door sales. There's a 10 day cooling off period. Join a gym, 10 day cooling off period. You someone signs you up for a hot water heater at your door, 20 day cooling off period. These are legislated cooling off periods uh-huh. in the Consumer Protection Act. So they assume when they're buying a car that there is a cooling off period. We actually did some research just last month. of Ontarians, 85, are either misinformed or uninformed on this topic. There is no cooling off period when you buy a car, period. You own it. So don't sign that contract unless you're certain you want to complete the sale. Now, you know, it used to be they bought a car, dealer A, and they walked down the street because now they're so much smarter, and they got a better deal from dealer B, and they said, okay... But they actually bought two cars. That's right. And in a situation like that, the, the, any, if a consumer wants to back out of a contract, the dealership basically has three options. Uh, they can let the consumer out of the contract as a gesture of goodwill in the hopes that when the consumer is ready to buy that they'll come back. And that's probably the most common tactic that, that, that we see. You know, a lot of dealers will do that. Uh, the second one, the dealer could sue the consumer and, and, and force them to complete the sale. Mm-hmm. That almost never happens, of course, because it would be very expensive. Uh, but the third option the dealer has is to keep all or part of the consumer's deposit to uh, compensate them for their liquidated damages. So if that car sits on the lot for another 45 days before it sells, well, the consumer probably, or sorry, the dealer probably borrowed money for yep. his inventory. Yep. Every day the car sits there, it costs him money. Mm-hmm. That is a liquidated damage. If he has to advertise or she has to advertise that car again, that is a cost. So let's say the consumer left a $1,000 deposit and the dealer's damages total $600 when that car sells. The dealer's going to give that consumer back four hundred dollars. Yeah, a salesman's commission should be involved. It absolutely if, if if it is legitimately paid to the salesperson, yes. that is a absolutely a potential damage. Right. So in other words, you can't buy one car and then forget about it and walk out and expect you're going to get your money back. You can go to another dealership. 
right? Which isn't ethical from the second dealer anyways. It's, it's not. It's not ethical for the second dealer to participate in it, and it's probably not ethical for the consumer to be participating yeah. in that either. And, um, and the other thing they don't realize is you bought it from consumer A, and oh, sorry, dealer A, and he's gone ahead and, and done a FICO check on you and checked your credit ratings and all these different things. Every time they check your credit rating, it becomes lower. So now you've got a dealer B, and they've gone ahead and done your check. All of a sudden, you've got 20 people checking your credit rating, and, and that's going to hurt you in the long term. That's a really, really good point. You're absolutely right. If you're applying for financing at these dealerships and multiple dealerships, every time they do that, it's going to affect your credit score. Right. So it's your own benefit to, to be straight up. Yeah, so just make sure... Don't sign the contract unless you're certain you want to complete the deal, unless you, unless you want to make it conditional. If you want to make sure you get your partners or your spouses, you know, sign off on it, then write on that bill of sale, conditional upon partner's uh, approval. Yep. Then it's okay to sign. Then you can, if you know, if your partner doesn't approve, now you can get out of it. Well, what we used to do was bring in the partner and the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on her or him. <laughs> Because <laughs> obviously you can't make your mind up, so you're not the buyer. She is or he is. You anyway, order to gap with your wife and return something just to buy it again. Nothing. I wait outside the store. <laughs> oh, she's done that. Yes. Yeah, she's done that. And there's a store. Well, it in went Florida. on sale two weeks after I bought it, and yeah. and you can get that money back, but not when you buy a car. <laughs> she was a store in Florida. It was called Coldwater or something, mm-hmm. and she went in with a skirt and she got money back. And a couple of weeks later, the store was out of business, and I said, "Look what you did." <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. This is our last segment. I mm-hmm. want to thank everybody for listening. Um, Doug Andrews called in, but we didn't get a chance to talk to him. Doug, yeah. what's going to happen is Prestone will contact you directly and ship the neon sign directly to your home. Cool. So that works fine. Will we get it before Christmas? Yeah. I hope so. Really? Uh, All right, we got Joe in Scarborough who's uh, got some recommendations for us. Uh, Preparation W, I think you called it, didn't you? Yeah, well, getting the modern car winter ready. Exactly. Okay, other than putting on winter tires, oil mm-hmm. change if due, right. new wiper blades, a shovel, salt for traction, and waxing it, what else should be done to these cars? Thanks for calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly, you know, one of our, our big sponsors is Crown, and we do believe that, you know, getting the bottom sprayed uh, to prevent rust is a great idea. Yeah. Okay. And you got the winter tires, right? Yeah. Okay, you want to make sure you got the right washer fluid in there. You got the blue stuff, not the pink stuff that these have for a while. I never put the pink stuff in because I got stuck with it one fall. Ah, you learned the hard way, did you? I did. Yeah, you know, so many people were using that, not realizing it was just a detergent and not an antifreeze, yeah, and it would yeah. freeze up. And you don't want to have that in a newer car where the bottle holds a whole gallon and it's yeah. hidden in the fender. But you got Does a big it have um, door lock still, or is it just a little button in the handle? When I go into the summertime now, I tell them not to bother topping up the fluid. I'll do it. There you go. Good idea. I was just asking, if when, you, when you enter the car, do you have a push button or do you actually turn uh, it with a key? Push button. Oh, so there goes that. So one of the suggestions <laughs> I can make, though, is that, you know, because people don't use the locks, a lot of times they will just seize up. Yeah. And so you want to uh, take a can of WD-40 or something and, and give the locks a spray because, you know, you lose your fob or the battery goes dead in it, um, it won't open the doors. It oh, does. right, right. Where you, where you have to use the emergency key, you mean? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, okay, and, and thank that, you very much. You're and very welcome. Thanks for Especially the back door. That's great. But the back door's the worst. That's funny, but, but that's the important thing that you need to do. And Joe was aware of the emergency key. How many people don't even realize that the fob, which and you don't normally use the key portion, but there is a key inside and how 
you know, it's important that they have to get that uh, out. Tell them about the warning on the dash when the battery goes low. Yes, exactly. You'll have a little picture of a battery, or sometimes it's a, it, it looks like a fuel gauge, but it'll show full and empty. And it's important that if you see that coming up, that you go and get a battery and put it in the key fob. The key fob. If you um, either you, you can do it yourself, I'm telling you, you can go to YouTube and figure out anything, or it'll be in the owner's manual. And it's pretty much just a little watch battery you can. Put and up another anywhere. thing you should do if you're sharing your car with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is a lot shorter than I am. I'm short, but she has the car, the seat right up to the dash. So I used her key fob once. I'm almost killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> stop! 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 It stop! Doesn't stop. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so. Uh, what I do is I tell her, "Don't touch the memory. You can move the seat, but don't touch the memory." No, you know, I'll give you a quickie one as well. Especially you know this time of year. Well, it should have been done already, but but people, you know, you talk about power accessories. We saw a car seat break in a vehicle because. You know, a lot of cars, when you shut them off now, they will go backwards yes, to allow you to get, you know, out easier. Well, if you put your winter tires back behind the driver's seat, oh. yes, especially if it's, if it's mounted on a rim and it stops the seat from going, it'll break the mechanism in the power seat. And then you've got, you could have a $1,000 repair in front of you. So you've got to be careful with these, this new technology. Yeah, all this technology is unbelievable. Like the, the phone hooks up with the dashboard and then... It's mm-hmm. just unbelievable. I'm just worried that, uh, like, like my my iPhone failed. This technology can fail too. It's not uh, go wrong, right? Go wrong, yeah. Go it's wrong, not redundant. Go wrong, go so, wrong, go wrong. I'm I'm kind of happy I retired when I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's very true. You know, I had a call the other, I guess last year. In fact, I had to call my buddy Mark at at uh, East Court because the fellow's driving his Lincoln and he calls me and he goes. There's a picture of a coffee cup coming up on my information center, <laughs> and I don't know why it's saying that. And I went, um, I don't know, maybe it's sponsored by Timmy's. Who knows? But sure enough, called Mark, and he said, no, that meant that the driver has been in the seat so long that the computers decided that he's fatigued at this point. Oh, get out of here. No. Not really. And it's time for you to pull over. Perhaps, you know... Um, have a break. Yeah, have a tea, have a pee, and uh, get back behind the wheel Maybe again. Maybe they have the wrong symbol on there. <laughs> oh, but it wouldn't oh, be yeah. socially acceptable. <laughs> well, because then you'd have to worry about girls and boys, you know. Some stand, well, some sit. Seat you know. up or seat down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get in touch with Omvic? Omvic.ca is probably the easiest way. All, are, all contact numbers there for the Complaints and Inquiries team and great resources for anyone looking to uh, buy a newer used car or even if you're considering buying privately, way to protect yourself. Right, and if you, don't, if you buy privately, you're, you could advise them, but you couldn't help them. That's that, absolutely right, and that's why you know, it's important they, they, they look at these resources because when you buy privately and something goes wrong, you're on your own, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, what we found out in the green room was that Omvic is actually sponsored by the consumers and the dealers. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people think that Omvic is a government organization, yeah. and while we, you know, we do enforce the legislation on behalf of the government, all of our funding actually comes from uh, dealer and salespeople registration fees, right. and from the ten dollar uh, Omvic fee that dealers have to pay to Omvic when they uh, a sell a vehicle, sell, sell. and they are able, of course, to pass that fee on to the consumer. So if a dealer is buying a car, he does not pay Omvic fees. It's only when he's retailing it. That's right. Sell, selling it and leasing it. Yeah. Right. And you have a bulletin that you can get from Omvic on a regular basis. Yeah, we have a, we have a weekly blog. We have a monthly consumer log. Yeah. I encourage you to go go on. Just look for the little tab that says News and Publications. And uh, it's all there. You can sign up for it. Great resources. Yeah, I'm actually astounded how much information is on there and what's going on in the industry. You actually get a letter. I think once a month we get a, a bulletin. 
Oh, for the, the on, yeah, we have communications to the dealers too, bulletins and a quarterly yeah. newsletter, the Dealer yeah. Standard. Alan, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure as usual. Make sure to get your car winterized. Yes, and again, congratulations to uh, Doug Andrews. He did call in, so we want to congratulate him. We're going to be at the Auto Show in February. I'm off to uh, get warm, and Alan will be here next I week. I will be here next week. Freezing? Uh, I hope not. Want to bash Sebastian or Sebastian? I want to bash Sebastian. No, thank you. Sebastian behind the board. He makes the show work, and he's a great producer. Thank you again. And Dave, <laughs> your alarm is set. Yes, seven thirty. Seven thirty. Seven thirty. We'll be back next week. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.